Hey everyone, husband here. And I'm wife. If you've been listening to us, then you know we're all about reading the Bible and reacting to it on our first read-through. Cuss words, crying, laughing, and more. We're passionate about creating a podcast that takes the sanctity out of the sacred text and simply stating it as we see it. But we can't do it without your help. We're asking for your support to help us keep this podcast going. There are two ways you can donate. Text SACDIS, that's S-A-C-D-I-S, to 53. 555 if you're in the U.S. with a one-time donation. Any amount helps. Or if you'd rather start a sustaining membership, sign up on our Patreon page at patreon.com forward slash sacrilegious discourse. Membership levels start as low as $2 a month. We are amazed and grateful for our fans that support us now, and you can become one too. With your support, we can keep sacrilegious discourse alive and well for years to come. So please donate today. Text SACDIS to 53555 if you're in the U.S. Or sign up for our Patreon page at patreon.com forward slash sacrilegious discourse. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Welcome to Sacrilegious Discourse. I'm husband. And I'm wife. Together we're reading the Bible for the very first time. We grew up without religion and wanted to know what all the fuss was about. Well, what have we learned so far? That God is a dick? And apparently some people believe in talking donkeys? We're not trying to pass ourselves off as experts. Nope, we're just reading the Bible for the first time and giving our first take reaction. If you'd like to join us in this venture, you might consider starting at episode one. Otherwise, jump in wherever you like. All right, let's go read the Bible. Yeah, let's get to it. Husband! Wife! Do you know what today is? Uh, well, it's late, but it's still a Sunday. It is. And do you means... know what we do every other Sunday? I do. Do you? I do. What is it's it? It's Sacrilegious Book Club. Yeah, that's the one. That's the one. And what are we uh, Sacrilegious Book Clubbing today? Well, we are getting into um, the same book that we have been reading. Well, yeah. It's, it's, you it's know, huge. That, you know, right. Or about a third of the way through it. Yeah, yeah. Finally. Right. Um, it's a treasury of Jewish folklore. 
Stories, traditions, legends, humor, wisdom, and folk songs of the Jewish people. Yeah. Edited by Nathan Ozzybell. Okay. Okay. Mm-hmm. And part one was Jewish salt. We are in part two, heroes. And chapter one was wise men. Chapter two was holy men. Chapter three was miracles. We are on chapter four, fighters and strong men. Starting on page 224 if you're following along. All right. Well, let's get into this. Let's do it. Okay, so fighters and strong men um, is quite a lengthy section. Oh, okay. But having said that, it's got a lengthy um, intro of yeah. which I'm only going to read a few tidbits. Sure. And then it's got a couple of long stories of which I'm only going to read one. And then um, it's got some more um, more contemporary stories mm-hmm. that I'm not even going to touch because, like, one of them is Houdini. Got it. Yeah. You know what I that's mean? That's definitely not biblical. Right. And that's more... Um, I didn't realize he was Jewish, much less that... Um, he was a Kabbalist. Oh, and, okay. You know, a magician. Right. So um, that's where he kind of leaned, or his father leaned that way, and so he leaned that way. Got it. Um, so there's an interesting little tidbit, and that's as much of the contemporary stuff as I'm getting into. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So let's read a little bit about um, the intro to Fighters and Strongmen. Okay. The fighter, as we have already observed, was not idealized as a hero by Jewish tradition and folklore. And um, then it goes on to say, nevertheless, there did arise some outstanding fighters because Jews led an autonomous national existence in ancient days in Palestine, kept up military establishments, and waged many wars. Obviously, I mean, the Bible is full of that. Yes, yes. Um, So then I'm going to skip down a little bit, and we've got um, another sentence down here that I outlined. Clearly enough, the folklorist of the Midrash, raised in a contemplative, anti-militaristic spirit, vastly preferred brain over brawn, which that's what we have seen up until now. Yeah. And scorned to retell the gory tales about Jewish fighters and strong men of ancient days. However, we do find revealed in Midrashic Jewish folklore a somewhat different attitude towards those warriors who fought for their people's freedom. They have not been revered merely as folk tales, but have been considered a means of rekindling the national heroic spirit among the Jews in the days of their oppression and decline. Okay. So for the most part, because they were so oppressed they had these tales of intellect and um being able to get out of a situation using their wits or accepting that they can't get in out of a situation and kind of uh resigning themselves to the plight of the trod upon sure right that's for the most part but they do have these heroic tales Um, One of the ones that they used for an example was um, when, um, like, Goliath, um, you know, what's his face, fought Goliath? David, David, that guy. Yeah. And then the other guy that fought the giant. 
Yeah, the one that they think they stole the story for for David, basically. Yes, yes. I can't remember his name, but... Right. Which is sad. Like, he's probably the one... Like, if that is a story that was... Like, maybe it was some big guy on the battlefield, right? Mm-hmm. If it is an actual story, it got usurped. Now this guy that didn't even do it is the guy that is known for right, it. Right, right. really crap. So, I mean, there are a few tales of strongmen, but yeah. we don't really hear a lot about them. Well, they like to give their strongman to God. Like yes. God is the strongman, I said. Yes. In most tales. Exactly. Exactly. So the one that I'm going to read um, is called Judah the Hammer, and it starts on page 226. And the reason that I'm going to read it is because it is the story from whence came um, the story of Hanukkah. Oh, okay. And I thought that could be interesting and yeah. informative. Yeah, definitely. Okay. Yeah. So Judah the Hammer. Not since Alexander of Macedonia had there arisen a king like Antiochus IV. He ruled over the land of Syria with a heavy hand, and the kings of many lands paid him yearly tribute. He built to himself a monument, a mighty city which he named Antioch. Okay. Antiochus, Antioch. Yeah, yeah. But the more power he had, the more he wanted. He was filled with an insatiable hunger to fill the whole world with his glory. I will conquer the world like Alexander of Macedonia, like Alexander the Great, he boasted. And so foolish was his pride that he called himself Epiphanes, which in Greek means the manifest God. For like the Roman Caesars, he wished that all men worship him as a deity. Which I found interesting because we use the word Epiphany to mean like an aha moment, like a light bulb. But it actually means the manifest God. Which would lead you to believe that the term originally meant um, the idea came as though from God. Right, right. Out of nowhere. Yeah. You know? Yeah. But the Jews had another name for him. They called him Antiochus the Madman. (laughs) And to show their opinion of him, they quoted scripture saying, Antiochus is a root bearing gall and wormwood. I kind of remember that phrase because you were kind of asking, like, what's gall? Right, yeah. And I was like, it's bile. It comes from the gallbladder. (laughs) Now, it happened that in the 23rd year of his reign, 168 BC, which was 213 years after the rebuilding of the temple by Ezra the scribe, Mm -hmm. Antiochus turned his faith wrathfully toward Jerusalem. And he said to his generals, I can no longer endure the Jews that dwell in the land of Israel. I know that in their hearts that they hate me and hope for my destruction, (laughs) you know, because I hope for theirs. I mean, you're saying you are right now, basically. Like, I'm trying to kill them, so they hate me for that. Right, right. Yeah, I... I, Well, I mean, anybody who sees themselves as a god... Yeah. And and if other people have a god already... Yeah. They're not going to like you for, you know, saying that, probably, so... Yeah, exactly. They are not like us, he said. They do not sacrifice to our gods, nor do they observe our laws, but speak scornfully of them. Therefore, I have sworn that I will bring them low and put the yoke upon their necks. Yeah. We'll get them. Mm-hmm. And Antiochus sent a great host against the Jews. They sacked Jurass- Jurassic Jura- Park. <laughs> Jerusalem. Sorry about that. Jerusalem. And they massacred its people, and yet there was no one to stand up against them. For the chief men of the nation remained cowed and silent and failed to rally the people. Mm. 
the Greeks broke into the temple and robbed it of its treasure. Oh, damn. Many Jews fled to Alexandria and others to Babylonia, to Persia, and to other distant lands. Whomever the Greek soldiers chose, they killed. Women and children they sold in all the slave markets of the world. The walls of Jerusalem they tore down and made desolate its houses and streets. Mm. So, I mean, the city keeps getting rebuilt that poor and city. keeps getting knocked down. It's gone through some shit. It has, it has. Antiochus had said to his generals, abolish the Torah and all the academies where it is taught from the land of the Jews. Punish with death all those who observe the Jewish customs. I decree that they no longer may circumcise their male infants mm. and that they may not observe their dietary laws. Okay, I mean, I don't really care that they stop, stop cutting off the tip of your son's dicks. Right, but I mean, this is the about reason, it's this a is good religious for a freedom, bad you know, like this is yes. why we, I, I'm not against religious freedom. Like, I am you know, not against religious freedom. I am against unnecessary um, mutilation of people. Babies' bodies. Sure. Or children's was, bodies. It was not seen that way. I then. understand, but that doesn't make it right. not that thing. No, I understand. I got, so, I got you. as I was saying, it's it's a good thing, but for the wrong reason and for a very bad reason. Right. It's good that we, you know, would say, can you guys maybe all of you not chop off people's dicks? Right. You right. know? Like, I mean, they're not chopping not. their dicks off, just to be fair. No, just, you know, the Before tip of it. Right. Yeah, let's just not, though. Yeah. Let's not do that. It's not necessary. Sure. Compel them to violate the Sabbath, to bow before our gods and bring their sacrifices to them upon our altars mm. and send my servants throughout the land to see that this be done. <laughs> I added that evil laugh because right. it felt... Felt appropriate. It felt, it felt right. Yeah. Yeah. And the generals did as Antiochus told them. They went throughout the entire land of Israel and they pulled down the synagogues and the houses of study. They defiled and destroyed the Torah scrolls and slew all who murmured against them. Mm. Think of all the history these stupid fuckers destroyed. Oh, you could say that about Every, a lot of points in I know, history. Like, I know. It, I just, it, oh, that galls me. Yeah. Speaking of galling, gall. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And there were many martyrs who died to sanctify his name. And their blood was on the head of Antiochus. Mm. Not long after that, the heathen priests of Antiochus consecrated the temple to their chief god Zeus. Mm. And they raised a great statue of him upon the altar of in the sanctuary. Interesting. Right? Yeah. I thought you'd like that bit. In his honor, Zeus's, yeah. they sacrificed a pig upon the altar and sprinkled its unclean blood in the sanctuary. That's uh. just mean. Right. Right? Yeah. Like, that's just, like, sticking salt in a wound I mean, for no yeah. reason. Yeah. Right? That, I mean, that seems like what this whole campaign is about, though. Yeah. Yeah. But it's just, like, that was unnecessary. Right. You can kill people, but it's, like, that's one thing. But then this is just cruel well, and obviously, unnecessary. This is pure hate. Like, yeah. Not just, yeah. not just, like, conquering. This is pure mm -hmm. hate. Yes. So. It, it's meanness for the sake of meanness. Right. Yeah. And when the people of Israel heard of this, they shuddered with horror, but they dared not murmur aloud as their lives would be forfeit. So they fled Jerusalem in great numbers until Zion was a deserted city. Mm. Now it chanced that Apelles, a Greek official, came to the village of Modin, which is not far from Jerusalem, to carry out the decree of Antiochus. 
he raised an altar to the Greek gods and commanded the Jews to sacrifice a swine upon it. Among those who gathered was Mattathias, an old priest of the Hasmonean clan, and his five sons, Johanan, Simon, Judah, Eleazar, and Jonathan. When Mattathias heard what abomin abomination Apelles wished the Jews to perform, he said to them, O oh, my brothers, let all the nations of the provinces that are subject to King Antiochus obey him if they choose, even to the extent of betraying the religion of their forefathers. But we swear we shall not leave the path of our religion to go either to the right or the left. So he's like, I'm, I'll die first. Right, right. Which, that's very brave. Uh, yeah. With these words, he smote Apelles the Greek and he slew him. Oh, wow. Right? Yeah. Then Mattathias cried out to the Jews, Take up arms! Whoever is for God and his holy law, let him follow me. He and his five sons and many others of the sect of Hasidim, or the pious, fled into the hills. In the darkness they would descend on the Greek garrisons, and, although few in number and ill-armed, they slewed many, for they were fierce with the hatred of the enemy and aflame with a love for their people and their God. The time came at last for Mattathias to die, for he was very old. And so he called his five sons together and said, O oh, my sons, I must now depart from you. And so I wish to appoint a leader over you and over our army. I therefore choose you, Judah, my son, to succeed me. You know, Judah the hammer is the name of the story. Right, right. To succeed me, for your wisdom and heroic deeds are comparable to Judah, the son of Jacob. Wow. Even as he was likened to a lion, so are you. And may our enemies tremble when they feel your strength. Serve God with all your heart and soul and bring redemption to Israel. Boy, he does. Ah, okay. Saying this, Mattathias died and Judah was general in his stead. So invincible was he in battle, so merciless in pursuit of the enemy, that the Jews called him Maccabee. Maccabeus, and that's where the Maccabees comes from, hmm, okay. which in Aramaic means hammer, for he struck at the Greeks mightily like a hammer, blow upon blow. Gotcha. So when we read the Maccabees eventually, that's right. what we're going to be reading about. Okay. All right. And the example of Judah set the hearts of his people aflame. They found new hope and new courage, and many flocked to him in the fastnesses of the hill and took up arms and fought with him against the Greeks, for they saw that he was wise and a great leader of men and understood the art of war. Also, his four brothers, Johanan, Simon, Eleazar, and Jonathan, were great warriors. They, too, led the people to victory and performed acts of valor. And when those who had fled heard the reports of all this, they took heart and returned to the land of Israel, for they, too, wished to share in the glory of the sacred struggle. Mm. When King Antiochus heard of this, he grew very wrathful and sent army after army to punish the Jews. But Judah Maccabeus swooped down upon them unexpectedly from the hills, fierce as a mountain lion, and crushed them all. Oh, wow. Boom. Again, King Antiochus summoned his generals and said, Have you heard what Judah Maccabeus has done to me? He has destroyed all my armies and killed their generals. An end must come to this. And so he sent his most cunning generals, Ptolemy, Nicanor, and Gorgias, with a Greek host of 40,000 
foot soldiers and 7,000 horsemen, as well as many thousands of Syrian auxiliaries. And they paused at the city of Emmaus, which lies in the plain. There they pitched their camp and waited to give battle to Judah. So confident were they of victory that they brought with them Phoenician slave merchants carrying chains with which to bind the captives. Oh, wow. Right? What a story. Right. When the Jews held, beheld the assembled hosts of the enemy. Let me try that again. When the Jews beheld the assembled hosts of the enemy and saw how more numerous they were than their own forces, they were struck with fear. Seeing this, Judah said to them, Terrible indeed is the might of the Greeks, but more terrible is the vengeance of the Lord when he strikes at the wicked. Fear not the enemy, even though they are many and we are but few. Know that God is with us, even though we are weak, and our righteous cause will triumph over their greater numbers. Therefore, gird your spirits and strengthen your hearts and be as men of valor. And so, as was his custom before battle, Judah put on sackcloth and poured ashes on his head like the veriest penitent. He fasted and sent his supplicants winging to God. He also confessed his sins, and his men did as he did. Then they no longer were afraid. I would still be scared. Right, yeah. After that, Judah arose and said to his assembled host, If there are any among you who are afraid, withdraw then from the battlefield. This sounds, this sounds very, very familiar. Yeah. yeah, very similar to, um, I want to say it was like in the times of Moses, like when they were about to attack um, one of the, the, like when they were going into Canaan or something. See, I was going to say Samuel or something because Samuel was a little bit more warmongering. I don't know. I, I but can't, it was some time back, yeah, a while back. It yeah. was a while back though, and one of them did say this because... See, I think also it was early on because I want to say that it was in Leviticus that the next part comes. Also, the newly married and those who have but recently acquired riches, let them depart, for they will fight in a cowardly manner, being full of regret for what they have left behind. Mm, yeah. That, oh, yeah. Maybe you are right. It does feel like maybe it was Moses then. Right. Like that was one of the laws of war that they right, had put out. Right. Like, if you're recently married, get out of here, you know, yeah, that kind of thing. When these were gone, Judah drew up. So people did leave. People were like, I am scared, actually. <laughs> right, or, right. I, um, I am rich. Can I out? Right. So, yeah, people did leave. When these were gone, Judah drew up his forces in the ancient order of battle of the Jews. He appointed over them captains of thousands and of hundreds and of tens. Then he spoke to them as follows. Oh, my fellow Jews, let us fight manfully for the liberty of our people and the honor of our Torah. Should we lose the battle, we shall all be slain and our wives and children will be sold into slavery. No pressure. Right? Therefore, we must be victorious. Right. Bulker. Thus, thus we will regain the liberties our enemies have taken for, from us and we will be restored to our blessed way of life. Fear not, O Jacob, for the God who led us out of bondage in Egypt will not abandon us. So instead of saying, you know, calling his people Israel, he called them Jacob. Yeah. Which is Israel. Which right. I, I kind of liked that. You yeah. know, like he was calling them. He was like hearkening back to olden days. Like, right. don't forget who we are. Yeah. Yeah. 
That night, the Greek general Gorgias left the main part of his army at Emmaus and came with 5,000 foot soldiers and 1,000 horsemen to fall upon Judah in the darkness. But Judah encompassed his plan. Mm. Now he felt he could deal better with his enemies since their forces were divided. Yeah. Therefore, Judah purposely left many fires burning in his camp in order to deceive and confuse Gorgias. And then he and his enemy departed. Hmm. I said he and his enemy, but I meant he and his army. Right. Departed. Right. Yeah. That he makes marched. More sense. Yeah, it does. Sorry. He marched all night long and arrived before the town of Emmaus, where was the camp of the enemy. Judah observed that the Greeks were well and skillfully fortified in their camp, and that their numbers were many times greater than his, for he had come with only 3,000 men. But he took heart, knowing that they were fast asleep, and did not expect him to attack. And when the moment came to strike, Judah commanded the trumpeters to sound the call to battle. Why would you sound the call? Hey, hey, by the way, um, we're about to surprise attack you, but we're taking the surprise away. Yeah. And it's just an attack. That's really dumb. Yeah, I never get that. I I don't understand. You could have probably got most of them without even waking the damn people up. Right? It's like, haven't you ever seen any movie ever? My God. Yeah. But no, they haven't. Right. When the Greeks heard it, you know, that trumpet was unnecessary. Yeah. They were astonished and dismayed, for they were certain Gorgias had destroyed the Jews. (laughs) Judah and his men fell upon the enemy, who ran hither and thither in confusion and terror, and they slew many of those that resisted them to the number of 3,000. The rest they pursued as far as Gadara, Ashdod, and Jemniah. Now Gorgias, who had gone in search of Judah and had not found him in his camp, was exceedingly puzzled. So he hastened back to the camp of the Greeks at Emmaus. When he came there and saw what had happened, he and his men turned in fright and fled. Yet for all the defeats inflicted on his armies, Antiochus would not rest. The next year, he sent Judea another host, this time of 60,000 foot soldiers and 5,000 horsemen under his greatest general, Lysias. Judah met him in the hill country of Bethsur with only 10,000 men, and yet he routed him and slew a great multitude of Greeks. Now Lysias was a prudent man. He marked well the spirit of the Jews, for he saw that they would rather die than lose their liberty and worship any but their own God, and that Judah inspired them with a heroism and a desperation in fighting that was more than human. Therefore, he gathered the remnants of his army and by forced marches returned to Antioch. This time, King Antiochus felt fear in his heart and he fled to the sea provinces of his kingdom. Probably because his own people were like, dude, I ain't going back there. We can't do this. I'll fucking take over your your seat before I go back there. Yeah, like this is a dumb fight. Right. They're not going to bend the knee. Yeah. They're just not. Yeah. But wherever he went, the people rose up in revolt against him and Mm. mocked at him, saying, Coward, run away! Whereupon Antiochus, out of humiliation, cast himself into the sea and was drowned. Damn. Upon the departure of the enemy, Judah assembled the people in Jerusalem, and he said to them, Let us go up to the house of God and purify it, for it has been wickedly profaned. And after they had carefully purified the temple and cast out all the idols and their altars, they brought in new vessels, the seven-branched golden menorah, 
the table of showbread, and the altar of incense. Hmm. They also pulled down the altar for burnt offerings, which had been profaned, and built a new one in its place. And so, on the 25th day of the month of Kislev, Interesting. Judah rededicated the temple. He lighted the lamps of the menorah and offered incense and burnt offerings upon the altar. However, when they wished to light the lamps, they went in search of pure olive oil, but they found none except one small vessel of unprofaned oil, which had been closed with the seal of the high priest in the ancient days of the prophet Samuel. Damn. The vessel contained oil sufficient for only one day. Yet a miracle happened. Oh. The oil burned for eight days until new holy oil could be prepared. Okay. And in commemoration of the rededication of the temple, Judah Maccabeus decreed that on the 25th day of Kislev of each year, the Jews were to celebrate the Festival of Lights, or hmm. Hanukkah, yeah. for you know, eight I days. I know most of this, like most of the references I know from the Adam Sandler song. song. Oh, that's funny. The, um, you know what I'm talking yeah. about? Yeah. yeah. Like he talked about eight crazy days and. Mm-hmm. Um, festival of lights and yeah. like those references I, I only know from you know the words Adam but Sandler. not what they mean yeah. yeah I can't remember what the name of the song was but it was it's his Christmas song or his Hanukkah yeah. song or whatever yeah. yeah they were to burn lights during this period adding a new light each night and sing songs of praise or hallel to celebrate the triumph of Israel and the struggle for its freedom huh and then just to make sure I wasn't talking out of my ass, I went and was like, wait, is that actually the story of Hanukkah or is that just like right. something? And no, that is literally the story of Hanukkah. Interesting. Yeah. Interesting. And I didn't know that. I, now, yeah. that is a spoiler because we're not there yet right. in the Bible. Right. And we were planning on doing a special on Hanukkah at some point, I think. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. one of these, you know, years, one of these times. Yes. So, uh, but that, that's, a, yeah, it's a good start. I mean, I don't think everybody listens to our um, book club. We no. Get, we get a lot less listens, so it'll still be new to some people. Well, my thing is, I never knew what it was at all. So. Right. This was but a mere introduction. I got to be is... honest, like growing up, I thought it was an odd thing to have the Jewish holiday Hanukkah near the same time as Christmas. And I'm like, but you guys are kind of the same thing, aren't you? Like Chris. Christians, Jewish people, I mean, the Christians came from Jewish people. What's right. this Hanukkah bullshit versus this? I mean, yeah, like, you know I what I mean? Like, I don't understand it. it. And then the next question to me would be, since, you know, Christians are essentially um, Jewish people who became Christians, mm-hmm. why do they not celebrate things like Hanukkah? I don't know. Because, I mean, it's still something from their supposed heritage, right? Right. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. So, I mean, it, it, it's Because it's Old Testament. Yeah, but that doesn't stop them sometimes. Passover? I, yeah. Come on. Yeah. That's still there. But um, Jesus does something about Easter, though. Right. So, but why do we specifically still, you know, why do we still specifically have Passover? It's Old Testament, though. Yeah. Right? So, I mean, some things they let pass, some things they don't. Sometimes, some things they pass over. Yeah, some, <laughs> some things they pass over. Yeah, I could not tell you what makes a Christian decide that this part of the Old Testament is kosher and this part isn't, <laughs> so to speak. Right, yeah. No, I don't know. So anyway, that was our book club for today. It was. Do you and have anything else you wanted to say? or? Um, 
No, there were there were some really cool stories, but that one was so long and I felt like really encompassed what the idea. Yeah, what this section was about. Sure. Fighters and strongmen. You know, um the the part where we have thus far viewed at least insofar as this book. Yeah. Okay. Not necessarily the old testament Bible, but in this book we have come to know the Jewish people as mostly witty and resigned, right. you know, and um, this gave a little bit different um, perspective of, yes, they are um, witty and resigned, but that is more of a contemporary view of them. Sure. And going back ages, the reason that they're witty and resigned all at once and, you know, they're, they're, Comedy is kind of acerbic. Um, right. The reason for that is that they were oppressed and they would rather die than give up their faith. And there is there is an elegant strength to that. There is. There you know, is. I can I can actually respect that. Yeah. I don't have to agree with their views or their beliefs or take on their practices and their faith and all that to view from the outside. That is strong. Yeah. And so and I, th- I thought that story was really it, it's one of the better ones that I've liked. Like I was listening most of the time, you know, I wasn't yeah. really commenting. It, it was, was it was a really well written story, story yeah. too. Um, so I appreciated it. Um, just to give you an idea of what the other ones are. Um, there's one called Judith, Judith and the Holoferns. And this is one where the people are suffering oppression and she's a widow and beautiful. And so she sneaks into um, the camp of the oppressors and um, basically is a spy, okay. like a double spy. Like she pretends that she's on their side. Got it. But she's really, of course, with her people. Sure. And she's able to kill their leader in his sleep and go back and say, the leader's dead. Get him. Got so it. So there's that. And, right. You know, that's very brave. And I appreciate that that woman, you know... They have a woman hero in here, a woman yeah. fighter and strong man. Right. Um, there's one called Bar Kokhba, the star, and um, he fights unto death. But then at the end, um, the bad guy, Severus, mm, like, okay. yeah, I thought that was interesting. Um, he wanted to take the man alive and his soldiers brought him his head. So the Got whole it. Point, point of that story is that even though he won, he still lost. Sure. Like the very last sentence of the story um, or the very couple last sentences is when Severus saw Bar Kokhba's head, he cried out in rage to the Samaritan fool. I wanted Bar Kokhba alive, not his head. And Severus could no longer take any pleasure in his victory. Mm. So there's that. And then um, there's that's when it gets into the more contemporary stories. Gotcha. That I kind of only skimmed because I they, they were have out of place. yeah they have less to do with what we're doing sure um, for example one is the Battle of the Warsaw Ghetto okay you know yeah that's definitely contemporary right and then the last one um, they have some boxers um, like American boxers and boxers from around the world that are Jewish uh-huh. um, which apparently that's a thing I didn't know they're very proud and fond of their boxers boxers got it and um then the last one oh there's this whole 
um, song about one of the boxing matches. Interesting. And then the last one is Houdini the Magician. Okay. Oh, I'm sorry. There's another one. The World's Strongest Man. Yeah. His name is Zisha Breitbart. Got it. Interesting. Yeah. Right? Breitbart. Yeah. Yeah. And so that's that's the fighters. And that also concludes um, that part because then we'll be getting into... The next part, which is um, part three, the human comedy. Okay. All right. So, so we're getting through it. We're getting through it. All right. Well, sorry this came out late today. And um, we'll be getting our um, weekly wrap-up here done mm-hmm. in just a few minutes after I get done with this. Mm-hmm. So that'll be out. And then um, we're going to be doing this later tonight. But obviously it won't come out until tomorrow morning. But uh, we will be doing our Psalms episode for Monday. Um, and just a few here, which is Psalms chapters... 73, 74, 75? Probably. That sounds about right. Yeah. All right. So we'll see you guys then. And mm-hmm. bye. Bye. Hey, wife. I guess that's the end. But husband, that's just sad. It doesn't have to be. We are on lots of social media platforms like Twitter. Our handle there is sacrilegious underscore D. For D's nuts. Oh my God. Stop doing that. Anyway, we're also on Facebook, Instagram, and Pinterest. There's a link to all of our social media sites at our website. Ooh, we have a website? Yeah, it's sacrilegiousdiscourse.com, where you can also find a link to our merch shop. We have a merch shop? Yep. We have podcast-themed clothing, mugs, notebooks, and more, as well as an atheist and science-themed products. Wow, our fans should really go check that out right now. Definitely. They can get in touch with us by sending an email to sacrilegiousdiscourse at gmail.com. But before they do that, we could really use some help. Oh, yeah? With what? Well, it's not free running the podcast, and we need some financial support in order to get better equipment, which will free up time so we can concentrate on our podcast and our fans. Okay, so what should they do? Head over to patreon.com forward slash sacrilegiousdiscourse and sign up as a contributor on our podcast. Supporters there receive additional bi-weekly episodes that we record just for our Patreon members for as little as $2 a month. Also, we'd really appreciate it if you would like and subscribe on whatever platform you're using. And Apple Podcast Reviews help us out tremendously. Like and subscribe. Leave an Apple review. Join us on Twitter. Support us on Patreon. That's a lot of instructions. Don't forget to say thanks. Thanks. Okay, bye. 